Welcome to the Newsmax Daily Podcast. I'm your fill-in host for the week, Kay Smythe from The Daily Caller. I'll be taking over for Tony Marino. Like I said, all week, you're stuck with me. The date is Tuesday, October 17th. And boy, do we have some headlines for you today. We are going to head straight over to the Chris Salcedo show first for a punchy interview with Senator Tommy Tuberville. Joining me now with more reaction, member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville. Uh, Senator, welcome back. Uh, you know, Iran is threatening direct intervention into Israel's war with Hamas. This is the United States is sending a second aircraft carrier group to the Middle East to deter Iran or Hezbollah from, from joining this fight. Is it fair to say that the, that, that the world hangs precariously on the verge of World War III because of the leadership vacuum created by Joe Biden and the Democrat regime here in the United States? I would say lack of leadership. You're exactly right. Uh, if you just remember back when Joe Biden took the White House and President Trump left, uh, Iran was almost bankrupt. They didn't have any money. And uh, he, Joe Biden eased up all the sanctions. They made billions of dollars. Now he's giving money to them. I mean, just totally opposite of what President Trump had done. And our world was so much safer when President Trump was in office, but it has been a total disaster. Uh, good versus evil when it comes to Israel and, and Hamas. Uh, it's just, it's a disaster what happened there. We've got to find out what happened with the intelligence uh, or lack of intelligence. They will find that out, but Hamas has got to be totally wiped out. We've got to go after them. They killed Americans citizens. They've got hostages. We don't take that. We go after it. And hopefully Joe Biden will strengthen up here and, and uh, make some good decisions. He hadn't made any foreign relations, good foreign relations decisions uh, probably in our lifetime. Reaching out across the aisle a little bit now, I want you guys to listen to New York City Mayor Eric Adams, someone who I can't tell you the number of editorials I've written about this guy and the dumb stuff he does and the dumb stuff he says, but today, or yesterday I guess, at least, he had some really strong words for those protesting in the streets of the United States and for the morality of our nation in the midst of what could really be an impending world war. This next clip comes to us from the legend that is Newsmax's Eric Bolling, and I hope you enjoy it as much as, well, I know he seemed to, and I did too. And he's got a special guest who I guess also liked it. We are not all right when we see young girls pulled from their home and dragged through the streets. We are not all right when we see grandmothers being pulled away from their homes and children shot in front of their families. We are not all right when right here in the city of New York, you have those who celebrate at the same time when the devastation is taking place in our city. So like I said, there was one person, one special guest who agreed with Adams, and that was former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, if you will. So I really want you to listen to his words here. We've got two slightly longer clips coming for you next because... As much as I think that I can sit here and tell you about the news, I get my news from Newsmax. And when I hear men like Eric and Mr. Giuliani speaking the way that they just spoke in this next clip I'm about to share, I mean, there's no justice I can do to this. So just check it out. 
Mr. Mayor, 9-11, I was here. I watched you reach across the aisle, put politics aside and save the city and maybe save the country. I think that was a good moment for Eric Adams, don't you? Yeah, it was. It was actually, you know, very much contrary to his own political party, which is the primary focus of exactly what he's condemning. I mean, they're, they're the, maybe the socialist wing of it or maybe not even but they, they have been anti-Israel now for quite some time. And uh, they have pretty much blamed the whole situation on Israel, despite what we all saw uh, with our own eyes, uh, with the invasion by Hamas being maybe one of the most brutal in the modern world. You know, um I, I don't like Eric Adams for so many reasons. One of the reasons I don't like him the most is because as he was trying to become elected the mayor of New York, a position you held, he said, uh, we're, we're a sanctuary city, come one, come all. He flip-flopped on that when, when they actually came. Here's why I'm saying this. Democrats have a, a tendency to flip-flop. Henry Kissinger was one of the most open border globalist people on the planet when he was in power. Take a listen to him just a couple of days ago. It was a grave mistake to let in so many people of totally different cultural and religious and concepts because it creates a pressure group inside each country that does that. Isn't it the same thing when you have an open border and you bring all these illegals who don't know the, the, the culture, don't speak the language, you, you, you populate our major cities with them? What, what, why don't these liberals see it for what it is prior to the bad things happening? <laughs> well, first of all, I think there's a great deal of self-interest because these are the people they hope are going to vote for them. Remember, New York City under Eric Adams has already voted to allow non-citizens to vote. That was done a year, year and a half ago, before these numbers got to be so big. I mean, that's extraordinary, but also happens to be unconstitutional. So it's not going to happen. But, I mean, they, they kind of give away their motive, right? They, they need a—the Democrat Party, the modern Democrat Socialist Party, needs a dependency population in order to survive. Because they really are socialists and, uh, and communists. And they need, a, they need people who are dependent on them that they can brainwash. Well, you can't do that for too long when people are here. They kind of move away from you as it's happening. So, I mean, it's in their interest to bring in people that they can manipulate. Mm. And then, unfortunately and tragically, there are very evil elements in the world who take advantage of that, like the Chinese communists, like uh, the terrorists, like the Mexican cartels with fentanyl. So they bring in these people who theoretically want to work or go on welfare even. But when the terrorists see that and the drug dealers see that, uh, they see the open door and they just flood in. So right now, we have a lot more terrorists here than we had before September 11. I mean, if you just look at the apprehensions and then you do an extrapolation from that, there isn't a terrorist expert in the world that wouldn't tell you that in terms of the number of Islamic extremist terrorists in this country right now, it's much more dangerous than right before September 11. I want to end the episode today with a powerful message to politicians from Newsmax's frontline host and one of my closest friends, 
Carl Higby. If you haven't tuned into Carl's show yet, you are missing out. You'll see me every single Thursday, along with our good friend Sean Farage. We're on Carl's show. We're on Frontline for the Culture Clash. It's always a really, really fun segment. But listen, one of the things that I love about Carl is as much as he can have fun, and he is a really, really funny guy, one of the things that I love about him is his ability to take incredibly complex subject matter, make it digestible, make it understandable, motivating. And Carl always seems to be able to give you a way to turn his words into action. And as some of you may know, Carl was part of the Trump administration. He's a former Navy SEAL. He's a really great leader. And here's what he had to say to Republicans in office and what you at home can tell your local, state and federally elected officials about the financial state of the nation and who Carl thinks needs to lead as Speaker of the House. Because remember, as much as we've got this sort of impending World War III, we have just as many problems here at home. You know, America is my adopted country. It's the most important place I've ever been and ever loved. And even though we have a significant responsibility to protect ourselves from outside forces and to protect our allies, there are still so many problems happening here at home. And I really don't want you to be distracted from them with everything else going on in the world. Okay. Great leadership means that we solve all problems. And I really think that's what Carl is pushing for here. So check it out. Well, our low-functioning Congress, after a nice long weekend, is back at it, thankfully, with less than 30 days to not only fund the entire U.S. government, but before that, they got to elect a new speaker. Now, the problem is, and I've been talking about this ever since Trump was elected, that there are two factions of the Republican Party. There's this fossil rhino wannabe uniparty and the new style Republicans, which is the majority now. Over half of sitting Republicans have been elected to their seats with either Trump at the top of the ticket or at least while he was in the White House. And his populist style has resonated with a huge swath of the Republican Party. Look, my entire life leading up to 2015, when Trump got in the race, Republicans ran on campaign issues. But when they were criticized, they never punched back. In fact, sometimes they backed down and leading to compromising away the very things that they would get elected on. It doesn't matter if we still won elections as Republicans. We still let the Democrats do whatever they wanted. Obama's populist movement, like, wiped the floor with Republicans, and it forever changed the Democratic Party. But a lot of Republicans just never adjusted to their opponents. They just kept the same rules. They feel like they can still get along with Democrats. But this new Republican Party actually wants Republicans to be Republicans, after they're elected especially. Just to remind you, we have a Democratic president that has recently called Republicans threats to democracy, a vice president who bailed out rioters for an organization now supports Hamas terrorists, as well as a non-insignificant amount of Democratic Congress folk that are supporting Hamas terrorists. Hell, Jamal Bowman, in between pulling the fire alarm, wants to bring over a million unvetted Palestinians into America. Yeah, that's a really great idea. There's an interesting poll actually kind of summed this up for me. More Democrats in the United States actually support Palestinians living in Gaza and the West Bank than actually Israel, who is our ally. They noted that among Democrats, 38% supported Israel and 49% supported Palestine. That's a staggering spread. 
Obviously, those numbers were greatly different on the Republican side. But the irony here, and this is almost comical, seeing how the left claims to stand for all these social issues and stuff like that. But in Palestine, standing for those issues would likely get you killed or at least imprisoned. This is my point. These Democrats will literally oppose something just because Republicans support it. That's what this is about. These nutjobs will support terrorists over our ally because they just like to see Republicans get upset over it. And people follow them to the polls for it. The irony here is that one of the leaders of this radical poll to the left is a Somali refugee, Ilham Omar, who was given the opportunity to come to America, who was elected to Congress. The American dream has literally never been more prevalent for someone like this, yet she hates this country for some reason. It drives me insane. Republicans can't even unite against that? Realistically, it's like 8 to 15 ideologue Republicans that are just voting against Jim Jordan because Trump endorsed him. These people need to be primaried and thrown out the same door as Liz Cheney. I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but we are not going back to the highbrow waffle Mitt Romney Republican Party. We're just not. The problem is, is that there are still some GOP holdouts that think this can happen. Here's what this country needs. And McCarthy, for better or for worse, I thought he did okay sometimes, but he didn't understand this. Americans need Republicans to fight with the same vigor as Democrats, not just talking points. I'm talking scorched earth. We might only be a small majority of one third of the government, but you know what we can do with that? We can say no. We can pass a spending bill that doesn't spend more than we take in. A bill that doesn't give $300 billion to other countries, most of which hate us, by the way. We can pass a bill that stops all this crazy stuff that has gradually been added to the backs of taxpayers for years. Tons of which, by the way, has been benefiting elected leaders personally or at very least their donors, but not you and I. I I don't want another continuing resolution that holds current funding. I want a screeching halt. I'm talking lock up all four tires skidding style halt. I want them to take a 15th century battle axe to our budget and not negotiate on anything less. Republicans have the power to do that. But do they have the political will? That's what Matt Gates was trying to instill with this vote. The Democrats will whine about, oh, it's Republicans shut down. Who cares? Fire back. Everything Democrats have done have put us in this position, sometimes Republicans, where someone has to be the adult. I don't care if you leave the government shut down forever. We got to do this now or it's got to be done later, except later might end in a default because if we keep this pace up, it'll soon cost us more to service our debt than run the damn country. These eight to 15 holdouts need to understand that business as usual is dead in the Republican Party. That's what Matt Gates was pointing out. He sent a message to McCarthy and to whoever else that if you make a promise to get elected to any position, you better follow through. And it was a breath of fresh air. Look, the pendulum of political culture always swings in America. Recently, the left has made it just super far left swinging. And and that doesn't reflect our country right now. So we need to get some people out there like Jim Jordan so we can pull this back extra hard. Jim gets this. That's why Democrats have sought out the weakest Republicans to keep him out of the speakership. That's what's happening here. These Democrats are chirping in their ear behind the scenes. But just like McCarthy, who made a deal with Pelosi, Democrats will never honor it. So they better wise up. What do you say, guys? Can we do something that's good for America 
calling on all Republicans for this? Is it just me or did today's show feel like the theme should be you can't depend on Democrats for anything? Like, I know we had that nice clip of uh, Eric Adams earlier, but uh, as much as I'll pray that he stands by his power, that he stands by his words, that he is pro-peace, you know, as much as I pray that that's the case, we'll see. We'll see. You know, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, the one place you can always depend on, Newsmax. Remember to check out every new episode of the Newsmax Daily Podcast in all the typical places you find your favorite shows. All the stories on today's show can be found on Newsmax.com, on our Rumble pages, YouTube channels, as well as any and all of your social media or preferred social media platforms. I'm Kay Smythe, and I'll be back again tomorrow with the latest for the Newsmax Daily Podcast. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.